it's been an evolution in, in, for fandom in general. And I'd brought out the good and, and the bad in fans as well, I think, unfortunately. I mean, you know, because obviously you can talk about like the, the Snyder cut of it all too. And like, yeah. once the, you know, like people love getting all their Marvel movies, right? But like the DC stuff was going in one direction and then it kind of hit a wall, I guess. Like for whatever reason, Warner Brothers, um, and DC kind of decided they didn't want to continue with the Zack Snyder version of things. So suddenly those fans weren't getting what they wanted anymore and it brought out the worst in them. back everyone to another episode of conversation i'm brandon tim mcclair with you as always on this journey through your favorite podcasters fandoms nailed it um i almost got this episode out on time this week i'm so sorry i missed thursday um but friday is just as good if not better as i've alluded to things are just really hectic in my life right now um and i didn't want to skip another week uh so a day late is better than a week late, in my opinion. So here you go. This is the latest episode of Conversation. This week, I talked to Scott Kalora from Transporter Room 3, which, for my money, is the premier Star Trek podcast. Um, I listen to them all the time. Uh, she, he, he also works for um, IGN. He's a writer and editor for IGN. And uh, I was so lucky... To get him on the show, I've been really lucky to get a lot of people on the show, and he was one of the first people I reached out to, and we finally were able to coordinate. Uh, so I'm really excited about this episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. He had a lot of really great insight. He had a lot to say about fandom in general. He's just a really, he was just a really great guy to talk to. We get into some topics about um, what it's like being in fandom now versus what it's like, what it was like back, you know, in the old days, uh, pre-internet. Uh, fandom stuff and the perspective he has I found was so interesting because um, you know as we all know the more toxic side of fandom is a minority and is not the majority and so um, to kind of just talk about what kind of power the majority can have uh, was really fun and, and a really good a good conversation to dive into that I that I did enjoy you can find links to transporter room 3 in the description below uh, I highly recommend you guys give that one a listen. Uh, he, you know, I'd mentioned this in the episode, but he's the reason why I gave a lot of the new Star Trek shows a chance. Um, and I ended up really enjoying them, and I'm glad I did. Um, I even thank him for that in this episode. Speaking of thanks, thank you so much to Scott Kalora for being on the show. I'll probably thank you again at the end of the episode, but I try to, I want to thank everyone at the beginning of the end, uh, even though most of the time I forget because I don't write this out prior. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'd really like to get more podcasters on, of course. So um, if you've got a geek podcast, any variety of geek podcast, uh, email me, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. That link is down below as well. The only real note I have about this episode uh, is that my dog started barking uh, probably about 40 minutes in. Um, and it's really annoying, and I'm really sorry if it bothers you. Um, try to tune it out. I tried to get out as much of it as I can. Um, you can, uh, if you can tune it out, there's a lot of, there's, again, there's a lot of great stuff in this one and a lot of, a lot of value in this episode. Um, as I think there's a lot of value in all the episodes. So, uh, I apologize 
on behalf of that, I guess. Yeah, I think that's about it. So without further ado, here's Scott Kalora from the Transporter Room 3 podcast. Okay, I am here with Scott Kalora, writer and editor for IGN and co-host of Transporter Room 3. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm happy to have you. Um, as I told you before, uh, I'm a big fan of Transporter Room 3. Um, it's Thanks. one of the few Star Trek podcasts I listen to. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think you got the order wrong. You should have said host of Transporter Room 3 and then as a kind of sub-level. Uh, oh, yeah. Also works for IGN. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to be sure I covered all my bases. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan, so I'm really happy to have you on. Um, so I guess we'll just, we should just get started. Um, sure. I want to know, before you got into these fandom spaces, such as Transporter and 3 or, or IGN even, um, how did you interact with fandom prior to all of that? So like your younger days. Hmm. You know, it's funny because, um, I mean, back in my day, uh, you know, when we had to walk to school barefoot in the snow, we, you know, we didn't have the internet when I was growing up, you know, like so much of fandom now connects that way. Um, and we didn't have it, you know, uh, there was, there were sort of conventions, I guess, but I never, they weren't what they are today. Um, and I never went to any, I never went to a convention until I was doing this for a living. Um, so really my connections to fandom back then were just connecting with other like minds locally, um, people who I met at school, I guess, um, or, you know, kind of just around, you know, the neighborhood or whatever, who were into similar things. I guess a lot of it back then was probably Star Wars, you know, most kids. And then you'd, maybe you'd meet someone who was super into Star Wars and then you'd realize, oh, they're actually also into Star Trek or they're, oh, wow, they actually know the Twilight Zone as well, you know. So it was it was very much face-to-face um, and a lot of one-on-one interactions back then. Now, I remember when I went to college, I joined um, my first semester at college. I... Uh, felt like I should join a club or two. And I joined the sci-fi um, science fiction fan club. Um, sure. And uh, and it was, you know, a bunch of people sitting around talking about sci-fi. But for some reason, I didn't take to it. I don't know why. Um, and I, I wonder if maybe they were like super fans and, and I didn't quite fit in or something, if I wasn't quite at their level back then. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. Um, but that's kind of it. So it wasn't really until, uh, you know, until sort of the mid to late 90s when the internet started to kick in, uh, which is around the same time that I kind of started my career, uh, that that I really started to then connect in a larger way to a, a bigger fandom. Um, and, you know, of course, you, you something like Star Wars or Star Trek, you, you know, there's millions of people that you can connect to. But then you also find your way into things like, oh, like, there's other people who are really into the Charlton Heston 1972 movie, The Omega Man, it turns out, you know, it's a oh, much sure. small, much smaller um, sampling size. But, you know, there's a fan, there's fandom for that as well. So obviously being able to go online and, and find people like that was, um, you know, that was kind of a revelation too. It's like, oh, I'm not the only one who saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that your career kind of connected you to larger fandom spaces? Yeah, well, for one thing, you know, the people I worked with were all big fans as well. When I started doing, you know, kind of writing about this stuff for a living, um, they were 
uh, you know, really into the same subject matter. And, and uh, so that was a level right there. But then also we immediately kind of start, I immediately sort of started going to San Diego Comic-Con and eventually New York Comic-Con and then, you know, some other things like that along the way, um, you know, fan gathering type. I mean, there's so many of them now, but uh, different things like that, that kind of just broadened, you know, the people you would encounter. Um, and then, the, you know, you start to say like, oh, there's fandoms I had no idea about, like, gosh, this anime stuff is so big, you know, yeah. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know, you know, I mean, I never got, I never really got anime aside from like, you know, seeing a couple of the classics that you're kind of supposed to see. Um, sure. But then you go to a convention and you're like, oh, half the cosplay here is anime cosplay, you know? So, um, but then also just interacting with, you know, as I started to do this for a living, uh, interacting with people who are reading your work or watching your videos as well, you know, they, those, you know, very often are fans who are coming, you know, connecting to you um, because of a shared interest as well. So uh, it's great, you know, it's a great, yeah, everyone talks about the toxicity of the internet and comment sections and, right. and that's certainly, you know, undeniably a thing. Uh, and I've had my fair share of those interactions, unfortunately. Uh, but then there's those positive interactions with where you are making fan connections with other fans, which are just great. You know, it's like one of the best things about the internet. Right. It's like you said, finding someone else who's seen Omega Men. It's like, oh wow, <laughs> right. I can't believe it. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Or and like I, you know, making a video. I, I made a video about the Omega Man a few years ago, and then you see people replying in the comments. And, you know, it's like you, I made it because I was into the movie, but I didn't think people would necessarily click into it, the video, you know, to okay. actually watch it. And it's like, then you see all those voices chiming in, like appreciating the work and, you know, and talking about how much they love the movie. And they remember watching it when they were a kid on, you know, two on channel two at three thirty in the mo morning when it would come on or whatever. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, I did the same thing. That's great. Um, selfishly, though, how different is it to I Am Legend? Because I've only seen I Am Legend. Uh, it's uh, the so we, we can turn this into an I Am Legend Omega Man podcast if you want. Uh, like just go quickly, on for hours. I'm just curious. <laughs> it's pretty different, you know. There's a the original. There was one with the first film version, but it's a novel. It's a novella by Richard Matheson called I Am Legend. Mm -hmm. Is where it started, and then. Um, uh, they made a, a low-budget Italian horror movie called The Last Man on Earth, which starred Vincent Price. Then they made The Omega Man in 1972, I think it is. And then, um, and then of course, then they were trying to make it for years with like Arnold Schwarzenegger and different people. And then finally, Will Smith made it. It's pretty different. It's the, the Omega Man is it's very early 70s. You know, it's got like a black exploitation element to it. It's you know, it's got Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston's the you know gritting his teeth and you know running around with a machine gun so it's that um it's you know it's very much of its time um and maybe hasn't aged well but it's one of those things where like you um because you i had such affection for it growing up i still can watch it over and over again um and i still love it even though it's maybe not the best movie you know yeah but it's very different from the from i am legend um the, the film yes yeah i get that um okay well let's so what kind of, you said that your career moved you into more span of spaces. What led you to do your podcast? Yeah. So we were at IGN and um, I was my, my podcast co-host, co-host Phil Perello 
uh, and I both worked at IGN together at the same time. Uh, and Phil's not there anymore, but when we started the podcast, he was. Mm-hmm. And we were, um, I think, just in working together, we, again, you know, kind of connected as Star Trek fans. You know, we're working together every day and realized that we both had this intense kind of, um, you know, interest and love and, you know, unhealthy knowledge base about Star Trek. And, uh, and it just kind of became a, it was sort of like a thing to do for fun and as kind of a lark on the side, I think, mm-hmm. you know, let's, you know, we can just talk about it for an hour every couple of weeks or whatever, and just do it as a podcast. We didn't know if anyone would listen or not, or if anyone would care. And that's kind of how it started. Um, and it started sort of as an unofficial IGN thing. It was never re- like, it ran on IGN, but it was never like one of their like banner podcasts. Like they have, you know, a lot of their like games podcasts and things like that. And we were kind of the redheaded stepchild in a way of the, sure. of the IGN podcast, you know. Um, and then uh, not that long after that, Phil left IGN actually. Um, so it was kind of a question of like, well, what do we do? Do we keep doing the podcast or not? Um, but at that point, we were into it enough that you know people seemed to be listening and enjoying it. Um, that we were like, yeah, we'll just we'll just keep doing it. Um, and it's been years now, um, and we don't have the best. We're not that good at like being regular about it. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're do, you know doing recording every Tuesday at 10 a.m or something like that like so sometimes it'll come out in trips and drabs but we've kept at it for something like nine years now or something which is insane to me um and uh i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon either yeah it's a great podcast uh if i say if i'm a, if i can say thanks i um i started listening to it be- way before even star trek discovery started coming out but okay. your your podcast is the reason why i gave star trek discovery a shot oh wow Guys, yeah. tell Alex, Alex Kurtzman that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, uh, I was pretty, you know, I was a little lukewarm on Kurtzman as a creator. Yeah. Um, and I, w- I listened to you kind of uh, talking about Discovery and how much you guys liked it. And I was like, you know, maybe I should give it a shot. And I did. I ended up really enjoying it. So. Okay. Oh, that's nice to know. It's, but you never know. I mean, you know how it is as as a podcaster. You don't know necessarily who's listening and or who's taking what away from what you're saying, you know? Um, So it's really uh, gratifying to hear that. And, you know, I mean, I think we felt the same way about Star Trek when Star Trek Discovery was coming, which was like, you know, I I wasn't a huge fan of the movies that Kurtzman worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I really didn't like the second one, Star Trek Into Darkness, that he co-wrote. So... You know, going into him being the guy running the show, it was there were a lot of unknowns, but I think we wound up really liking it and, and certainly liking the first two seasons. I was more lukewarm on the more, more recent season, the third season. But mm-hmm. I think we were one of the things about the podcast that we always have wanted to do, and I think we've been pretty good about is like not just fanboying out about everything because it's Star Trek, but trying to take a critical approach i mean you know we try to have fun and we want the podcast to be fun for our listeners as well as for us but we don't want to just be praising stuff for the sake of praising stuff like if something is not good we want to say it's not good and but if something is good we want to say it is good if we like something so so yeah going into it and being like oh well i don't know what kurtzman co-wrote into darkness and he's running 
he's in charge of Star Trek now. Like we were, we had our reservations about it, but then it was like, oh, we actually like this show, you know? So um, that's how it is. You know, we just recorded an episode of the podcast yesterday about the season finale of Star Trek Voyager, which I, I rewatched the other day. And I think it's really bad, you know? And, um, and, and we just talked, I mean, we basically spent 40 minutes talking about that this bad episode of Star Trek. And I think there was a lot of podcasts out there who, who, where all they do is because they're such intense fans is love everything about the thing they're talking about. And that's fine. Like if that's your thing, that's totally fine, but that's definitely not where we ever wanted to come from. And that's just not the kind of fans that we are, you know, um, we want to be willing to see the weaknesses as well as the strengths in a thing. Um, and that's kind of the, if transporter room three has sort of a mission statement, I think that's one of that's near the top of, right. you know, just being, just being honest about, about, uh, what it is we're talking about. Yeah. I, um, we, we have a show called fake nerds watch. Um, cause I've, I, I don't know if you know this, but I've got seven podcasts. I'm insane. Um, <laughs> wow. but, um, <laughs> We did this. We did this kind of after show called Fake Nerds Watch, and I I did one for Star Trek Picard, and um, I really enjoyed Star Trek Picard. But there were things that I didn't, and I felt it was important to just be like, look, I may really like this show, but there are things in here that I think are are not working so well. And I really think that's important to be involved yeah. in the conversation. One hundred percent, yeah. And I wound up not really liking Star Trek Picard much at all. You know, I mean, I, I admired what it was trying to do, but I feel like it didn't really pan out um and you know disappointing for sure i mean i love the character and i love patrick stewart and you know so i mean in some ways that he's the you know patrick stewart and and uh picard in some ways the reason i do what i do for a living now you know like um i'm before i was writing professionally i i was doing a um and this ties into what we're talking about i was um I was doing, I used to work on a cruise ship, which you may have heard me talk about in, in the past. And on the ship, I kind of as a hobby in my spare time, I started doing a Star, Star Trek newsletter, I called okay. it. Um, but there were a lot of Star Trek fans on board, actually, and the, the crew members of the ship. Um, and it would be just try to, to try, try to keep people up to date on what was going on. Because back then, we, you didn't have, in, the internet was pretty new, but also you didn't have internet on the ship. So it was like, like get, now we get our news immediately about these franchises, but back then you you especially on the cruise ship, you go months without hearing anything. You know, wait, there's a oh, new yeah. Star Trek show coming. So I did the, would do this thing called the Star Trek newsletter, um, and uh, that kind of you know helped kind of point me towards saying, oh, I could maybe this is something I could do professionally, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of it came from writing about Star Trek just for fun back then. And then Patrick yeah. Stewart came on came on the ship, and I got to meet him on board, which was oh, a total fan fanboy experience. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I my 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 issue was Picard, with Picard was I didn't get the I didn't get how Ravi could live in a trailer park and a trailer park and be upset. Like, isn't that yeah. a choice? Right. Yeah. Considering what it, we know about the twenty first century. Yeah, the the show kind of seemed to break a lot of the rules of the Star Trek to- future that we kind of took for granted like yeah like why are people willingly working on picard's farm why don't they just own their own farm right you know like like i mean i guess you know maybe they want to it's good exercise and they want to get out but it's like mm-hmm. it just seems like the the sort of socioeconomic status of the 24th century was 
was different in Picard than what we've always been led to believe. But we've usually just always, for the most part, been on spaceships, you know. True. So we haven't really seen, we've been to Earth, but we've never really seen it kind of day to day like that. So yeah, like mm -hmm. she's living in a, so she's like resents Picard, but he ha lives on this fancy, um, you know, vineyard and she's living in the desert. But like, can't she just have a vineyard too if she wants? Yeah, like, like can she have like anything she wants? That's what we know. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. odd, you know. So, <laughs> um, I, I I do want to ask. I um I haven't listened to many podcasts during the pandemic, and Star Trek Lower Decks came out during the pandemic. I I did, so I don't know how you feel about it. Did you Did you enjoy Lower Decks? Yeah, I like Lower Decks a lot. Actually, I feel like it was uh the best out of Picard. Uh, Picard just season one, Discovery season three, and Lower Decks season one. I think Lower Decks was actually the the highlight of sort of the, the year in terms of what came out in, as far as new Star Trek goes. It's really good. It's, you know, it's a, it's a cartoon and it's funny and it, you know, it's a comedy, but it, it does really feel like um, it's kind of fits into the next generation style of yeah. Star Trek. Um, and uh, and the, the lo more the season went on, the more it felt like Star while always being a comedy, um, it did start to hit more serious beats at times. And does have character arcs and yeah i liked it what do you think of it i really enjoyed it i feel the same yeah. way I, it was my favorite of the three that that aired last year yeah yeah for sure you know and uh season two is coming this august i think so yeah so, so yeah it's, it's moving right along aren't we getting like four shows this year supposedly yeah so we're getting lower deck season two in august and then right after that i think it's going to be discovery season four yeah. I believe. Um, and then Picard season two, I think maybe in the new year, like, I mean, I don't think this is confirmed. I think they just said 2022, but, oh, right. um, but I think it'll probably be early in 2022. Um, and then I'm assuming Star Trek um, strange new world, um, you know, the captain Pike show, yeah. assuming that'll, that'll come then after Picard. Um, that one is a little more in the, they're, they're shooting it right now. So I would think we would have it within a year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of Star Trek. I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe there's too much Star Trek these days, but. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way too, but I'm really excited for Strange New Worlds. I liked Pike yeah. a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, I did too. He was great. And, uh, um, and uh, what's his name? Ethan um, Peck as uh, yeah. Spock. He, you know, I think he's a good Spock as well. Um, well, He'll have to be playing kind of the more, he'll have to be getting back to more of the version of Spock that we are used to on the mm -hmm. show because when he showed up on Discovery, he was kind of like all over the place Spock, you know, who yeah. was like in a in a bad way. Um, but yeah, and Rebecca Romaine, she's, I like her as number one. So um, I hope it, I hope it works out. I just, I felt, I did feel like last year there was so much Star Trek and it's weird because you always, you I mean, I, you would think that there could never be too much of the thing that you love, but like it started to feel like um, Discovery season three, I didn't love Picard season one was kind of a disappointment. And mm -hmm. fortunately, Lower Decks, I enjoyed, but it's like, I wonder sometimes if maybe just getting it, getting so much of a thing doesn't make you appreciate it as much as well. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think Star Wars ran into that after they realized yeah. what Solo, how, how poorly Solo did. I yeah. think Star Trek is, I think, I personally feel like CBS All Access wants to have a Star Trek show on the air every Thursday. Yeah. Um, 
it doesn't matter Definitely. what like that's how that's why there's so many shows um and i think that's way too much if it's always yeah. a different show with different qualities like people are just going to tune out yeah it's a lot and you know but so much of it is about this franchise just having a franchise to anchor your streaming service um i think it's interesting on the star trek front that the the um they were calling it um well I, the michelle yost spinoff section 31 i guess they were kind of unofficially right. calling it that seems to kind of have lost steam recently like it wasn't on their big plate of announcements uh, they released um a, you know they did a little the star trek day on april 5th um which i remember but that's my wedding anniversary star trek, star trek oh, first cool. contact day congratulations um, thank you but you know it's coincidence that my anniversary is on star trek first contact day i didn't know it was but um uh but they did a they did a mini kind of virtual convention for star trek first contact day yeah. um last month and they they didn't have anything to say about section 31 and then i think kurtzman was quoted in one of the trade papers saying that like it's still in development but he kind of i get the feeling that they're kind of pumping the brakes on it a bit which uh you know they set it up there was a backdoor pilot in season three of discovery where um i don't want to spoil it for anyone listening but they kind of set up the Michelle Yeoh getting her own show, yeah. and now it sounds like they're slowing down on it. So I, I wonder if, I wonder if the if the heat is coming off Star Trek a little bit over at Paramount now, now especially since CBS All Access has become Paramount Plus, mm -hmm. and they're you know they're they're going to kind of they're a bigger they're a bigger fish in a much bigger pond now I think, but they are going to start doing things like movie debuts and there's like this Mark Wahlberg movie they just announced. That's coming to the service so i wonder if star trek will be not quite as important but i do think you're right i think it's still going to be like we want to have our star trek on thursdays or whatever you know yeah, yeah. um i i kind of brought up a, this kind of brought up a question to me that if, um, as kind of an older fan as kind of an older fan within span of bases uh not that much bases, older no i'm not saying older <laughs> but like <laughs> you and i remember the post-internet era me to be fair less so but i still yeah. remember all that um the shifting tides of fandom going from this um you know looking for people on the schoolyard to seeing people on message boards to now this global phenomenon that is we just talked about it. there's five star trek shows in active development there's 10 uh, star wars uh tv shows in active development like at what what was that like when you realize when you kind of look back and say and think of yourself, wow, that's a crazy journey we we got. I know, yeah, yeah, it's, it is crazy. I mean, I guess it's been the kind of a gradual thing in some ways, right? Like, it, yeah. it, you know, we started to, but you know, I mean, don't forget, in, as far as Star Trek goes, we did have a period there in the '90s where we were getting two shows at the same time because, like, Deep Space Nine launched while next generation was on still on the air for like a year and a half and then voyager launched when deep space nine was still on for a couple of years um i think those were the two instances and then voyager ended and enterprise started the following fall but like it did yeah i mean i remember doing i did the press junket for the first iron man movie in 2008 and it was like you know the post credit scene where um sam jackson shows up and talking about the avengers initiative it seemed like such a pipe dream back then. Like, what yeah. could they actually get to, to, you know, could they actually wind up making an Avengers movie? It seemed insane, you know? And I remember asking Robert Downey Jr. and everyone else at the press junket about it. And like, they, 
you know, they didn't know. It was just a thing they filmed and, you know, it was like, let's see how this movie does first, you know. But now here we are, you know, 13 years later, and we've got what, however many, 20, you know, three movies and all these TV shows and everything. Um, so, you know, it's been a, it's been an evolution in, in, for fandom in general. And I just brought out the good and, and the bad in fans as well, I think, unfortunately. I mean, you know, because obviously you can talk about like the, the Snyder cut of it all too. And like, yeah. once it, you know, like people love getting all their Marvel movies, right? But like the DC stuff was going in one direction and then it kind of hit a wall, I guess, like for whatever reason, Warner Brothers, um, and DC kind of decided they didn't want to continue with the Zack Snyder version of things. So suddenly those fans weren't getting what they wanted anymore and it brought out the worst in them. So, yeah. so it's, it's almost like the, the more, the more we're, we're getting it, the best it can bring out in fandom, but it can also bring out the, the worst mm-hmm. in fandom. And the worst has always been there in fandom. I mean, it's not, you know, people forget now, but um, Jonathan Frakes always talks about how how, what a bad reaction they got from fans when Next Generation first debuted. You know, the fans right. hated them. They they wanted, uh, or the fans hated them, quote unquote. Um, I was fine. I, I was like, I'll give this new show a, a shot. But there was a segment of fandom who wanted Shatner and Nimoy and DeForest Kelly to come back, and they didn't want these new guys. And um, so that's always been going on. And it, and I think it's important to note that it's always a, it's always a segment of fandom, like. One thing that really bugs me about some people is that, and I've encountered this multiple times, whether it's in comment boards or actually in person talking to people I know, people will be like, the fans don't like this, or this isn't what the fans want. And it's like, well, who, and I just did it too, but I I think I corrected myself a couple minutes ago, but uh, it's like, well, who are these fans? Like you, are you speaking for every Star Trek fan? Like, you know, are you speaking for every Omega Man fan? Like there, you know, there's, like yeah i'm sure some fans don't like the way the Eternals trailer looks but i bet there's a lot of fans who do like the way it looks and i bet there's also a lot of people who don't even know that they're fans of it yet they might not even realize it's a marvel movie yet you know more casual fans they just say oh what's this thing that's got angelina jolie in it you know so it's like you know it's like the the gatekeeping that can happen um and i don't know what it is i don't know why fans can be that way or some fans can be that way but it's it's not a, it's nothing new it's, yeah. it's unfortunately always been around you know and it's true for sports fans as well it's, it's not just genre stuff you know it's um you know people are, i guess people choose that they choose to be invested in something and then if that's they are perceiving that you're attacking that thing in some way um they get you know, they can get super defensive about it so yeah i have a theory well not really a theory. I, I personally think that gatekeeping comes from um, being bullied in the schoolyard. Maybe, um, yeah. I think it comes from the fact that, that you feel you have to protect the thing that you like, and it just yeah. kind of brings out the worst in you. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it less special, maybe. Like, yeah. well, wait, um, we'll, we'll keep going back to the Omega Man for this full hour, but like, <laughs> um, uh, like, you know, no, I'm the only one who can love the Omega Man. No one can love Charlton Heston's cheesy 1972 movie as much as I love it. Like, what? Right. What are you talking about? You know? Um, so I think that, I mean, I think you're right. I think it, it, it comes, it can come from all those things. You know, it, it's um, like, this is my, I can't, I'm not going to thrive, um, you know, out on the baseball field in Little League or whatever. 
but like I can go home and play with my Star Wars action figures and and years later that becomes like Star Wars is my thing and it's so, so personal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think I think you're right, you know. But then that does, certainly doesn't justify like you know <laughs> people giving sending out death threats, uh, you know, because <laughs> because Man of Steel two isn't happening or whatever. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> I remember early days, you know, when I was a young Star Trek fan, um, I liked the 2009 uh, movie. Um, right. And I remember people gatekeeping me like, oh, you don't know true Star Trek because you like the 2009 movie. It's like, I've seen every show. Why can't I like right. this movie too? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, and I liked the 2009 Star Trek as well when it came out and I still like it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of why I was so disappointed in Into Darkness maybe. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like you don't know like like do you actually know how well i know the thing you you're claiming i don't know yeah why do you, <laughs> you know like why do you need to keep asking for credentials right you know yeah. so and then of course it also became a you know a thing about you know men gatekeeping against women and you know, women camp that whole thing which is so exasperating too you know um but you know fortunately with transported room three we have not really We've pretty rarely run into that stuff, though. I have to say, yeah. occasionally, we occasionally we'll get an email or some a note on Twitter or something from someone who ob- objects to something we said, you know, like. Um, but it's pretty infrequent in the years we've been doing the podcast. Most of the people who seem to listen to Transporter Room Three seem to get, you know, the same kind of approach that we have, um, and that's great, and that's why we love the Transporter Room Three listeners as well yeah. might also be that because we only have 15 people who live listen to us i don't know <laughs> well i mean you've been on the air for 10 years i'm sure there's there's there's, there's more than that yeah maybe yeah <laughs> um i do want to know do you ever feel exhausted um by the influx of content coming from the things that you're a fan of and also uh if you ever kind of feel exhausted by fandom in general yeah uh, I mean, for Star Trek, and I've talked about this on Transported Room 3 recently, but like Star Trek this past like year or and a half of Star Trek has been, I was calling it, I felt like I had Star Trek fatigue. Um, because, you know, in addition to doing the podcast, I also would cover the show for IGN, uh, cover the shows for IGN. Mm-hmm. So um, that usually would include reviewing every episode, doing... Um, interviews when they came up like you know interviewing the showrunners or the actors or whatever which they come cbs makes them available fairly often um to talk to so it was becoming a lot where it was like we went from i think it was we went from discovery a full season of discovery into a full season of picard into a full season of lower decks basically one right after the other more or less and it was i just felt really started to feel burned out and to the point where I, I kind of made the decision that I'm not going to review Star Trek for IGN anymore. Um, I, I'm going to, I maybe I'll review like the season premiere and the season finale for the shows, but I'm not going to do like weekly reviews because it's just too much. Um, Cause I wind up, um, you know, watching the episode multiple times. I, I want to get the review right. And it's like, it's not something that, you know, that I just would dash off. It takes a lot of time and, and it was, I felt like it was impact, maybe impacting my enjoyment of the shows a little bit, because it was like, you know, I'm, if I'm so exhausted and dreading the next episode, because I know how much work it's, is going to be involved, is that affecting my just being able to sit down and watch it, you know, 
So unfortunately, that has been kind of um, an aspect of us having so much Star Trek lately. Now, you know, it's my I'm sort of, you know, I'm complaining about something which I is, you know, I'm sure it sounds to people to be a dream in a way that I get paid to write about Star Trek. Sure. And it's great. And I don't mean it that way. You know, it's, um, it's more just like, as a fan, it has, it has proven to be start to be exhausting. Like we're covering the first two seasons of Discovery. I didn't feel that way. Um, because of that was kind of the only thing going for, in terms of Star Trek and they were like a year apart or whatever. But yeah, now I, I do feel that um, big time. So hopefully as things start to pick up and we start to get new episodes again, if we're, I'm just talking about them in the podcast with Phil and I'm writing about them a little bit here or there, hopefully that'll alleviate some of that. But there was a second part to your question too and I'm sorry, I forgot what it was. Uh, do you ever feel exhausted by fandom in general? Like fandom spaces and people... Um, kind of being yeah again it kind of it goes back to like it being my job too a little bit where it's like sometimes i'll have to disengage with comment sections um because comment sections can in kind can kind of be where sort of the not always but very often the worst parts of fandom seem to exist um uh at least on like the ign comments that seems to be the case a lot of the time like people like to go there just to talk i've never understood it's like you don't like this thing, this you know. You don't, you don't like the Eternals movie, so you're clicking into it to disparage it in the comments. Like, why are you even clicking? Like, yeah. <laughs> why even click on the link if you don't care about it or don't like it? You know. So, so yeah, I've, I'll I'll have to step away sometimes from stuff like that, or even step away from Twitter sometimes um, because it's too much. I was glad to, I was glad, you know. Of course, I wasn't glad that. To have the pandemic, you know, the pandemic has been her- horrific and awful. But I was glad that I didn't have to go to the San Diego Comic Con the past two years. You know, I've been going for so many years, and it's it's always um, it's a, it's it's the busiest week of the year for us at, at IGN. It's a lot of work. It's exhausting, and to be able to disengage from that um, the past you know last July and again now this summer, um, I'm fine with that. I feel like it's but it's allowing me and a lot of other people, I think, to recharge our batteries as well. So we'll see where we're at, you know, as things start to pick up again in the fall, I guess. Yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, I'm a big MCU fan. So I, yeah. um, but the double, the double feature of Endgame and then the next month practically was Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. It was a lot for me. And I was like, this is, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And, you know, now with starting, you know, the shows, I mean, we've had a break between Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, a little bit of a break. Um, but, you know, we are going to be getting these shows on a pretty regular basis yeah. on Disney Plus. And like you said, there's like 10 Star Wars shows in the works. So at a certain point, it's like, you know, as much as I, I mean, I love the MCU also. I, I mean, I, I freaking love the MCU. And yeah. at the same time, it's like, I got, I still have to find time to, you know, watch indie movies and things like that like just to for if anything just for to you know to remind myself that there's other types of stuff out there you know um and so if you're having to stay on the top of 10 star star wars shows a year or whatever and 10 mcu shows a year and that you know it's like i don't know we'll see well i think i wonder if you know part of it is going to be as the sort of you know quote unquote streaming wars start to level off um and become like once each streaming service sort of 
finds its place and like some of them die off maybe and get absorbed by others maybe there will be less of this like huge push to like just totally be so franchise heavy um and maybe we maybe we'll go down to five star wars shows a year instead of 10. you know it's also possible that like i mean as you said regarding solo um like you know maybe the maybe the studio will realize maybe some of the shows won't do as well as others and they'll start to pull back too um yeah i mean there i think there is such a thing as too much of a good thing and i think we're we're starting to see that a little bit yeah i i was very happy to have the pandemic again in a similar vein to you with comic-con where like you know black widow didn't come out six months after far from home so i was like i got a break i'm yeah I'm kind of like i'm good i'm, I'm back into yeah. it let's go yeah and it was like and even just like we had that that big break until WandaVision debuted, yeah. which and WandaVision, I think just because of the perks of the production schedule, WandaVision was supposed to come out after Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it wound up coming out first. Mm-hmm. And it was such a different and kind of unique, uh, you know, thing in terms of MCU stuff that I think a lot of people were really surprised by it. And it really kind of left its mark. So it was like we went we went all those months with no mcu and then we got this really what started off at least as this very different kind of uh mcu experience which i thought was great and i think that's maybe going to be the key to these things is to you really do have to mix them up um and find different ways to do these these uh stories and these characters seems like marvel so far maybe is going to be, be is better at that than star wars well i guess we'll see yeah. like i have trouble picturing a so the ahsoka show or the boba fett show is being all that different from the Mandalorian, but I haven't seen them yet, so who knows? Maybe they'll there find is, figures. There's less Star Wars that's tonally different than there is like Marvel. Like Marvel comics right. have been so many different tones and things that they can pull from and try to make something else. Star Wars is pretty much the same thing over and over again. So trying to make right. it different is is tough. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we'll see. Um, but you know, hope springs eternal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's interesting that like, and the reason why I kind of wanted to do this, this podcast conversation, which is that when you have a specialized podcast, your Transporter in 3 is more specialized than my show, which is Fake Nerd Podcast, which is far more of a generalized nerd show. Um, sure. But even then, like you kind of get like, you kind of get like um, pigeonholed into only seeing these kind of nerd spaces, these fandom spaces, and you kind of like lose the other things at the outskirts. Yeah, it's, it's it's a real danger, I think, you know, um, and I never want to become that guy, you know, I want to be able to still, you know, you know, enjoy and support and evangelize for other types of stuff, you know, uh, yeah. I, I mentioned indie movies earlier, but like, you know, whatever, you know, like, you know, what we actually just in the past couple of episodes, we've started to do a thing on Transporter Room 3 which is a thing a lot of podcasts do, which is to sort of just like take five minutes and talk about something else that we're enjoying or something else that we're, we, you know, consumed that week. Um, so like for, for this week's episode, well, Phil keeps talking about Star Trek stuff anyway, for some reason, by <laughs> my co-host, but so he was talking about this phaser toy that he bought on eBay. Um, but uh, I w- it gave me five minutes to talk about that that sort of horror movie, St. Maud, which is a kind of an indie thing that did the festival circuit and it's now it's on Amazon Prime. But it was like, ordinarily we wouldn't really be able to, you know, technically speaking, we're supposed to be talking about Star Trek on the podcast, even though we riff a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. But this is like, we're trying to kind of formalize just a, a little segment where it's like, let's talk about something else. 
it's still us doing our banter thing, you know? Um, so hopefully you guys listening will enjoy it because I think when you listen to a podcast, you listen for the subject matter, but then you stick around for the personalities to some degree, I think. Um, yeah. So hopefully people don't mind hearing about, hearing us take a few minutes anyway to talk about something other than Star Trek. But yeah, it's, it's a danger that you can get, get locked into some of the same thing forever. We, we do that on our on Fickner podcast as well. We have about, we do it for an hour though. Um, and we, because there's four of us, it just takes a while. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's rejuvenating to kind of have yeah. those moments to be like, this is what I did that wasn't in this space. This is, it's not for the show. This was for me. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see how it goes if people respond to it. Maybe we can expand it out and do, you know, big, bigger segments or standalone episodes or something. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's important. It's, it's important as a fan to try to be open to other stuff. I, I think, you know, like um, you, if you weren't, if you weren't open to trying other things, you know, you probably you wouldn't have gotten into this thing that you're a fan of any in the first place, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and it, it, especially with some of these things like MCU or Star Trek or Star Wars, where there's so much of it, because there's all the ancillary material like books and comics and all that stuff as well. It's like you really could spend so much time just digging in on that side of things. But it's like, you know what? Try something else as well. I think that's super important. Yeah, and I yeah. think, um, yeah, I think as hosts, we should be doing doing that too. Yeah. Um, so I know you're, you're a Star Trek fan. You said you're an MCU fan and you're a Star Wars fan, I'm assuming. Um, what other fandom spaces are you part of? Um, so let's see. I mean, you know, it's funny. I'm not, I'm not as much of a Star Wars fan, uh, maybe as like, I mean, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not as into it as I once was. Um, right. and I don't know, I think maybe again, I'm kind of, you know, the older generation too. So for me, the original trilogy was always the high benchmark and, um, I'm not sure they, that anything is, has, ever quite reached that point for me. I, I like Mandalorian a lot, um, mm -hmm. but um, there's so many people who are star, who are bigger Star Wars fans than me that I almost feel like including myself in that group is like, it's like, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not, I'm not Star Wars expert or anything like that, right. you know? Well, I um, always feel terms... like, I, so, sorry, real quickly, I always feel like if you're a fan of something at any level, you're in its fandom. Yeah, no, you're right. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm acutely aware of what's going on with Star Wars stuff, and I, ha I have to be for work, you know. Uh, in terms of um, other fandoms, I mean, I guess like, does can you does general movie fandom count? Because no, like, absolutely, you know. So um, certainly that, um, and then you know, subsections within that, like like to go back to like Omega Man, you know, like specifically like old school um, sci-fi stuff, like like um, 1960s, 1970s sci-fi. Um, the stuff that isn't necessarily as well remembered as like a Star Wars, but like, mm -hmm. you know, things like Planet of the Apes, I'm definitely huge into the Planet of the Apes um, thing, you know, the Charlton Heston pantheon of sci-fi movies mm -hmm. from the early 70s. And then uh, things like THX 1138 and Soylent Green and um, uh, Silent Running, all that stuff, you know. Um, but then, you know, beyond that, certainly like different aspects of horror that I'm I'm a big fan of um, the Twilight Zone. I don't really consider Twilight Zone kind of horror, but like I'm huge fan of the Twilight Zone. 
um, and of Rod Serling, uh, which is kind of stuck to get a lot of people are fans of the Twilight Zone, and then not a ton of people are as knowledgeable about um, Rod Serling's other work these days. Um, and that's definitely one of the areas of my of interest for me. Um, so I'm actually, we'll see if it actually happens or not. But right now I'm trying to work, put together a video uh, project about um, this show that Rod Sterling did when Twilight Zone ended. And then he did this um, TV show called The Loner, which was a Western uh, starring Lloyd Bridges. And that nobody remembers it. It never was, it never really ran in syndication, but it only ran for one season. Yeah. But it was Sterling trying to do his Twilight Zone thing of hiding messages in his stories. But he was doing it in a Western setting, um, and it didn't—it's a good show, but it didn't—it didn't last. He fought with the network. I'm trying to do a video about that to again to try to spread the word on this thing. It's like people don't remember that Sterling had this great sort of like, like you know, epilogue to the Twilight Zone where he was still telling the same same types of stories, but just on a different show. Um, so there's stuff like that as well that I'm that I'm a fan of. And then also I used to be a big comics fan. But that that fell by the wayside. I think maybe around the time I maybe around the time I had my son, uh, it was just too time consuming. And also, that's an expensive fan oh, habit, yeah. actually, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a comic fan. I'm I, I'm looking at stacks of it right now. Right. Yeah. I have. I still have stacks. I haven't even read actually from years ago. You know, and it's like oh, they're, yeah. they're still on my shelf. Like I'm gonna get to them eventually. Like old X Men's and stuff like that. Um, those are some of the things, you know, and then you, there's nothing better than finding something new that you're, you fall in love with um, and kind of become a fan of, too, you know, um, yeah. whether it's like a new, you know, new movie or a new show or something. Battlestar Galactica, that was a great, you know, when that, I think that debuted in 2008. That was, that's a great example of like something I got, got into and then my wife got into it because of me and um, that become, yeah, that became another fandom for me, too. That's and we're actually rewatching it, right? We're, we're re is it your favorite show? Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. We're, we're rewatching it. We've been rewatching it. We're on the, we have 10 episodes left, actually, right now, my wife and I. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I got my girlfriend into Star Trek through Deep Space Nine, and I said, hey, you know, this guy did another show. So we, we started Battlestar Perfect. now. Perfect. Does she like it? Yeah, she likes it. Good. Yeah, good. Did she get to um, uh, the, uh, 33 yet? I guess yeah, that's we, the first. We yeah. watched the first ten episodes of season one, and of course the miniseries. Um, yeah, but that that's it so far, and and uh, okay. then I had to go on a vacation. But yeah, she's liking okay. it. Okay, nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, you know, man, this was really great. That's really all I got for you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for for chatting. I appreciate it. It's fun. Um, like I said, I'm sorry. You know, we weren't able to schedule it sooner, but um. Yeah, like uh, I'm glad that none of the construction noise I was afraid was going to happen outside my window came to fruition, though. So that's good. yeah, no, this, this is really great. Um, I can't again, I can't tell you how how grateful I am that you came on that you came on the show. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, at the end of the episode, I really like to let people just plug whatever they got going on, whatever shows they got. So if you don't mind, oh sure, yeah. Uh, well, um, you can find my work on IGN.com, although I um do more editing than writing these days over there, but you can find me occasionally. Um, and then, we're, um, like I said, I'm, we're churning out some video things, like hopefully that Rod Sterling project will get made. Um, and we're doing these things called IGN Inside Stories, which are sort of deep dive kind of mini documentaries. Um, so you could 
look for those on uh, YouTube. Um, there, we did one on the um, the MCU that time forgot, which is about the uh, late 80s, early 90s Incredible Hulk TV movies where they tried to incorporate Thor and Daredevil and sort of a Black Widow type character into a shared universe. And we went back and interviewed all the people who made those episodes. And it's a little, it's a 30 minute documentary you can find on YouTube. So look for that stuff. And then of course, listen to Transporter Room 3 on iTunes or Spotify or your podcast service of choice. Um, we, you know, my, my co-host Phil Perello and I are, we just kind of randomly pick every week of a Star Trek topic and, uh, and just riff on it for 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and, uh, you know, always happy to have new listeners. So please check us out. Um, yeah, I could I could sit here and talk to you about sci-fi or Star Trek all day long, but you know I know you got to <laughs> you got to get going. Um, I, I watched that documentary, by the way, the MC of the Time Forgot. It's really great. I did. You? Oh, yeah. thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a that's a big push for us now is to try and do those things. Um, so a lot of behind the scenes wrangling, getting those people, you know, to do the interviews and things. Uh, and that's hopefully the format we'll do the Rod Serling thing on as well, um, which is even more challenging because so most of the people involved in that show are no longer alive. Yeah. So it's like, well, who do you get to talk to about it? You know, um, but we're working on it. So thanks for watching. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm very grateful you, you were able to do this for me. Um, this is a, this is a new show that I'm just working on on my own. Um, sure. So thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. Uh, I hope it was okay. That was great. And I'll let my, I'll let my future self play us out. Okay, great. And that was Scott Calora from the Transporter Room 3 podcast. Thank you again, man. That was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we finally got to connect and talk. And I really hope you're happy with how this episode turned out. I know I am. Uh, I've linked where you can find his podcast and his social medias down below. Make sure to listen to Transporter Room 3. It's a really it's a really fun podcast. Um, for my money, the best Star Trek podcast around. Um, take that, Tawny Newsome from the Pod Directive podcast. Is that our podcast? I don't recall, honestly. I haven't listened to that yet, in fairness. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with me about being on the show, or if you have any questions whatsoever, um, I have linked my email address at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you've got a geek podcast, I'd really like to hear from you, and i really like you guys to be on. I'm starting to record again. Hopefully I can get the consistent stuff going. I really don't want to, I don't really don't want to put the show on hiatus. I want to just keep it going, so... Stay tuned. Hopefully you won't see any significant breaks. Of course, I'm a busy guy, so you can check out some of the other stuff that I've linked below. You can check out the Fickner Podcast Family of Podcasts. Uh, this is my. This is another one of those podcasts in the family. Uh, there's Fickner's Watch, which we just wrapped up Loki. All six episodes of Loki are up now. There is the Fickner Book Club, which is currently on hiatus, Basement Arcade. And based on our pause menu, a uh, new episode should be out soon, um, ish, soonish. I won't commit to too soon. Um, and of course, Animation Station, which is our freshman show, uh, our most recent show. I just put up an episode with my co-host and friend Ben Magnet, uh, where we talked about Transformers, War for Cybertron, Earthrise, and we'll put up another episode for Transformers, War for Cybertron, Kingdom, as soon as we watch that season. It's actually out now, so stay tuned for that. Um, and, of course, the Fake Nerd Podcast, which you can check out uh, linked below at our website, www.fakenerdpodcast.com. And this week we will be talking about 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt's new film, Jungle Cruise. We're really excited about that, so that should be exciting. I've got more on the works going on behind the scenes. I've been pretty busy, uh, so hopefully some exciting news to come. Uh, stay tuned. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever this podcast can be found. Make sure to rate and review. I'd love a review. I, your feedback has been great so far. Um, I've been getting some some really great um, thank you guys for the reception of this podcast is what I'm really trying to say. Um, the Andy uh, Pulasides episode was very well received. Very um, People like that one a lot. I did too. Um, hopefully that episode can get me... There's a group of podcasters that I really want on this episode, on this show, and hopefully uh, that can lead me to that. So that's all I'll say. Um, write, rate, and review. Subscribe. Email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, uh, where you want to find all my socials. Of course, the Fakener Podcast socials. Um, that's Fakener Podcast everywhere, and you can find everything else linked below. Uh, okay, until next time, guys, where I'm talking to. Oh, Brandon Jacobs from the Up From The Depths YouTube channel. This is actually my first YouTube channel. I'm excited for you guys to listen to that one. All right, until next time, stay true to the fan in you.